Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Lord, that 
this will speak into many lives. We just declare the power of the shed blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ over this program and over the equipment, over every listener and over Shannon and myself and all of those that are working with him on this. We ask, Lord, for an open heaven. We ask that we may please you, first of all, in what is said and what is expressed tonight, that you will have complete and total liberty in our life, and that, Lord, that what is spoken will be what you want spoken and not what we want. So just clear our heart, our mind, and our spirit now from all distraction and any cares, as Peter wrote, casting all our cares upon you. Help us to do that now, to just cast those cares so that they are not disrupting and uh, in any way interrupting what you have to speak to and through our hearts. And We thank you for it. We just commit this to you now with praise and with thanksgiving and Jesus and our precious Savior and our Lord and our Redeemer and our coming King and our Yeshua HaMashiach. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. 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 And Brother Groover, before you get going tonight, please uh, tell people how they can contact you and your ministry, please. Well, they could either write to Post Office Box 144, 144 Woodbine, W-O-D-B as in boy, I-N-E, Woodbine, Iowa, 51579. And that's to Joyful Sound Ministries. Or they could look up on the Internet and go uh, joyfulsoundministries.com or henrygruber.com. They'll get me either way pretty well. And uh, But Joyful Sound Ministries, and if they want to look up materials or whatever, just push publications and click it in, and they'll get the information that they need. Well, praise the Lord. And folks, uh, I want to welcome you wherever you may be tuning in tonight. I know we're going to be joined by people as far away as Australia tonight. We'll have some listeners from Switzerland, of course, our American and Canadian friends. Wherever you may be at, welcome tonight. And at this time, Brother Groover, the microphone is yours. Take it away. Well, thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Well, I've just been looking at the events of this week and all, and... uh, the tragedies in one week of shootings we've had here in America and little children that have been taken home to be with the Lord at the hands of a of an individual that we don't know much about yet. But I just want to speak into the lives of any of you there that may have been directly affected by this. And I just ask that in the name of Jesus, that you would be comforted, because I know this is a tragic thing, and it it just distresses our hearts. And it takes me right back to my cry to the Lord of here back on uh, last year when that earthquake and tsunami hit on March the 11th in Japan, and all these little school children were swept away into eternity, and it. it It just takes me right back to that all over again. But the comfort that I received and the word that I received from the Lord at that time still holds true. And so I want to encourage you. 
in, in understanding what the Lord spoke to me when I cried, I literally cried on my face for several days after that. I, I missed that earthquake and tsunami by just four hours flying out of Japan before it hit. But my cry was, Lord, why the children? Why the children? They were innocent. And on the eighth day after that earthquake and all, the Lord spoke to me, and it was in a form of exhortation but also rebuke. And he said to me, Henry, could I not have a harvest in Japan? And I answered the Lord, and I said, yes, Lord, definitely. We'd cry for a harvest. That's what we've been working for now for 17 years on these islands and praying for a harvest and and harvesting souls as much as we can. And, and the Lord said, you're not listening to the message I gave you. That message was given to me on my cell phone six hours before the earthquake in Japan. I'm preparing mansions in perfect symmetrical order for those that I will be bringing home soon. You know, that's just a part of the message, but uh, the Lord said to me, those children are with me. And you should see them now. You wouldn't be asking why. They will never bow to a stone god, and they will never be drunk on sake in the festivals. And so I, I couldn't get my face close enough to the floor repenting after the Lord spoke that to me, repenting for questioning His wisdom. And I just want to remind you across America today and maybe in a foreign country where, where you have heard about this or you have even been affected by it and it has brought back memories or, or something personal to your household. I want to encourage you. As the Lord said to me, you should see them now. Because every one of those kindergarten children, those little grade school children are with Jesus right now. And God got a harvest there in Connecticut. I know it doesn't sound like a pretty way, but I'll tell you something, people. God is going to have a harvest across this nation and the nations of the earth, one way or the other, one way or the other. In the Scriptures, he says that if we don't honor the Lord in our government and in our people, in our, uh, the way we conduct ourselves in our nation that he will send wild animals and they will devour our children. Why? This sounds so cruel and so wicked. But I want you to understand something. It is not the end because God gave them the breath of life and when they go to be to the, the gates of death prematurely, what we would say definitely prematurely, oh, I want to tell you something. They go to be with the Lord and so if you don't know the Lord out there today, and you have seen this, and your heart and your life has been affected by the loss of a child, maybe a crib death, maybe a miscarriage, maybe a, an accident that took place, but I want to encourage you, keep your heart right with God because that child is with the Lord and you will see that child one day. And so be encouraged in this. Please be encouraged in this. I've prayed over a reservation up in Juneau, Alaska. 
And I guess kind of the note of this, to help you to understand a little more, the chief up there of, of, of the largest tribe, uh, Eskimo tribe up there in Juneau, told me this several years ago. He's probably with the Lord now, but he dearly loved the Lord. He told me at the bottom of every totem pole that has truly traditionally been placed is a little four-year-old girl that sacrificed in that hole. They put her alive down in that hole, tilt that totem pole up with a ritual, and drop that down, crushing her little body. I want to tell you something. That little girl is not under that totem pole. That little girl's remains are there, but I'll tell you what. When I died in the automobile accident on Father's Day of 1984, I left my body, and when I left my body, before that van stopped tumbling and turning and tossing, I became more of a person out of my body than I am in my body tonight. And so I want you to understand that if you have lost a loved one, and under circumstances like what we have had to face this week and throughout this week, or any other circumstances uh, where one of your precious little lambs was taken prematurely in some circumstance. I want to encourage you now. Keep your heart pure with Jesus because I want to tell you the truth of the matter is you will see that child again. And that child will be there to greet you in heaven. And I'll tell you what, I don't think it'll be a little child then. It'll be a young man or a young lady. But I'll tell you what, there will be a glorious reunion. So be encouraged, please. Be encouraged, all right? I just speak that as uh, because of the, the media and what has been hitting the media this week in America. Well, if you're in a foreign country, God bless you. It's good to have you tune in. And uh, my life has been one now. I've, uh, I will finish uh, 52 years now come January, the first week of January, of walking and praying the earth. I've worked 48 foreign countries, and I don't count them unless I walk cities in those countries and pray them. But uh, for many years, I walked every street of those cities and prayed them, and it took me weeks or months, depending on the city or the village. But in walking and praying, I have found a position, a place in the Lord that I don't think I could have found any other way. Many people say to me, well, Henry, prayer walking is the call of God on your life. But I just want to challenge you that if you just simply take the concordance of your Bible, take the, and look up the word walk. Just simply look up one word, walk, in, in, in your concordance of your Bible. And if you will do that, you will see that there are so many references here, so many references of walking, the word walking. And you will begin to understand the importance about walking. I just opened my Bible here when I said that and and briefly looked down on it, and it's just, uh, oh, there's so many scriptures about it that will really bless you. If you want to do a good study in the Bible, just take that, that concordance and look up the word walk. 
and start reading all of those verses. Would you do that? There probably are over a hundred references to walk. And uh, so if you will do that, you will begin to experience something. You will begin to understand. Remember when it first appears? It first appears in the garden with Adam and Eve. The Lord walked in the garden in the cool of the evening. Yes, as Almighty God, He knew what Adam and Eve were into. He knew they had they had sinned. He knew it very well. However, He called out to them, didn't He? Now that made it sound like He didn't know where they were. But I want you to think about this. God is calling out to you as an individual. He's calling out to nations. He's calling out to corporations and governments. He's calling out to us and pleading with us. He's saying, come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I'll tell you what, as I have learned to to be an obedient to the Lord, to walk and to pray, I have found such sweet fellowship and sweet communion with the Lord that I cannot begin to explain uh, how precious it is. I, I use the word, I began using that word quite frequently after I began walking and praying with the Lord, the word precious, because I don't know of any other word that, that describes it better in the in our vernacular, in our vocabulary. So I just want to encourage you tonight uh, to place yourself with Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm going to go out and I'm going to walk. I'm just going to take a 10-minute walk and commune with you. If you will do that two, three times a week, I guarantee you, you will begin walking longer and your walk will become sweeter and sweeter. So I just want to begin by encouraging you in those two areas. Uh, sometimes in our life we, we face very difficult situations and I'm sure there are individuals that have tuned in and have connected with us tonight that you're facing some very, very difficult situations, some very hard circumstances. Your marriage has fallen apart. Uh, your business is failing. You're not employed. You're looking for work. Something has happened in your life. I encourage you, get out away from those circumstances and take a walk with the Lord. There's an old song that we, we sang many years ago, and uh, it, it's so true. If we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, remember that old song? We walk with Jesus on the way. If we do His good will, He abides with us still. We have only to trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. It's so true.
It's so true. My life has not been an easy one. I have to tell you, there have been many hard trials. There have been very many difficulties. Uh, Raising 13 children? I could give you 13 reasons why. (laughs) But uh, uh, I look back on it, and I look up above my closet door here in this room where I'm sitting in, And there's a little poster that we've carried with us. My wife and I have carried this plaque with us ever since we were married. I know we've had it for almost a half of a century now. And it says, The greatest aid to adult education are children. If you have children, and you have raised them pretty well by now, and you've gone through the teenage years with them, and maybe the early 20s with them, you will agree with that. But if you still are uh, are raising children and little ones, and uh, you know it doesn't hurt a bit to put that little one in a stroller or, or take a walk with them, holding their hand, and just say, Lord, just tell that little one if they can understand, listen, we're going to take a walk and we're going to talk to Jesus and we're going to listen and see what he says. And if you will do that, you will be amazed that if that little one can talk, even four, five-year-old, three, four, five-year-old, and you do that with that child, you will be amazed at how sensitive and how, how much that little child comprehends and how sensitive that child's spirit will become to Jesus if they know that mommy or daddy or mom and daddy are taking that walk with Jesus. And I'll tell you what, they too will experience a wonderful visitation from the Lord, and I'll tell you, if you will do that with them, they will be asking you, when are we going to go walk again? When are we going to go walk? Is it time? Is it time? I don't know why I said that. There must be somebody there that needed that. And uh, so we're just speaking that into you. And uh, take it, practice it, work upon it, and see what happens. All right? Well, I want to go back many years, many years ago. Uh, Many years ago... In beginning to walk and pray, God began to challenge me. The first thing was, I have to tell you, I had a fear of dogs. The reason was, when I was three years old, walking with my mother, a big dog attacked me. And that put a fear in me of dogs for years. And... uh, that fear was a very real fear all the way up till I was 21 years old. When I was 21, I decided I've got to get over this fear of wild animals. And so I decided I'm going to go up on a mountain where there are coyotes, they're a type of a dog, I was in Arizona, where there are coyotes and uh, where there are mountain lions, and some wolves, 
and I am going to go up there and sleep in a sleeping bag on top of that mountain where I cannot get down off of it and hurry away. It took me about an hour and a half, almost two hours, to climb up that big bouldered mountain. And I stretched out my sleeping bag that night. And the sun had gone down. It was getting dark. I had no no weapon with me. I didn't take a rifle or a pistol with me or nothing with me. I just took water. I was going to fast and pray. But all of a sudden I heard the scream of a mountain lion and the animals, the deer and all, began running all over that mountain. Even little rabbits took off running. The coyotes got quiet and stopped howling. And uh, I have to confess to you what I did. I crawled into my sleeping bag. And uh, (laughs) I was afraid. I zipped it up. Now that's not much protection, just a little thin sleeping bag. It was not a heavy sleeping bag because it was in June of the year in Arizona and the evenings are quite warm. Well, it got too hot in that sleeping bag and I began to think, you know, this is ridiculous. I could suffocate in here. I could die of heat exhaustion and if that lion wanted me, he he could tear into this little thin sleeping bag anyhow. I'm coming out in the name of Jesus and I'm going to overcome this fear And I am not going to live this way anymore. And I got out of that thing and I laid down on top of it. Looking up at that moon and just began talking to the Lord and thinking about how he cast that moon and those stars. He formed them with his fingers and put them in place with his fingers. And it made me begin to think and realize, my word, here I am, fearful of wild animals, when my God created them. And in the millennium, a little child can play with a, right around a, a bear or a lion or anything and, and sleep and rest on it with like a pillow, and it will not hurt. For your word says nothing will kill or hurt or destroy in all of my holy mountain. And so that night, such peace came over me, and I got over that fear, and I've never had that fear since. Now, I want to tell you kind of, I know my brother Davis knows, and, and he believes, I know you believe in uh, in the power of spiritual warfare. Yes, sir. And... Uh, so I, I don't think I've told this on your program. I, I, if I have, you please please tell me. But I was asked by a Baptist minister. Did I tell this the last time I was on with you? I don't remember. I should have. Uh, no, uh, sir. And even if you did, I love stories. Please. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was with. Uh, I was having uh, scheduled to have a meeting in Gallipolis, Ohio, uh, at a Methodist church and at a Lutheran church, and was scheduled there. For meetings, I had the meeting in the Lutheran Church that Saturday night, and uh, and then Sunday morning at the Methodist Church, and Monday morning, the house where I was staying, the people I was staying with, a phone call came in, and it was a Baptist minister. He had come to hear me at the Lutheran Church and uh, hadn't introduced himself, but he appreciated what I said, and and he said, Henry, he says, uh, I have a family in my church that have a serious problem. Now, you you seem to, to be bold and you seem to have no fear of demonic manifestations. And, uh, and 
do you do spiritual house cleanings? <laughs> and I said, well, brother, uh, I don't think I'm famous for it, but I want to tell you, I certainly will not shy back from it or shun it. I, I'll do it if it's needful. He says, well, I don't know anything at all about this kind of thing. But he said, just listening to you, he said, I, I, I'm encouraged. I, I think you can help us, these people in my church. They have a house they bought real cheap because it was haunted. And they're not, they have a, a fairly large family. They've got five children. And uh, that house is about to drive those dear people out. It's so haunted. Do you think maybe you could go in there and drive those spirits out? And I said, well, if they're agreeable to it. He said, well, I just talked to them on the phone. They're both home today. The man who only works the night shift. And this is really bad, too, because those spirits always seem to stir up overnight more than the day. But they stir up all times. But uh, do you think you'd be willing to go over there? And I said, absolutely. I, I don't have anything scheduled today. It's Monday. I'll be happy to. So we met him in Rio Grande, Rio Grande, Ohio. If you're listening there in Ohio, you'll know where I'm talking about, just a little ways from... Uh, from Gallipolis, or Bob Evans Restaurants, uh, was founded by Bob Evans uh, of Ryle Grand there, and he has his farm and raises all of his own livestock and everything. He's with the Lord now, but he was a good Christian man, but he had Bob Evans Restaurants. It's not a commercial, but I'm just helping you to understand where it is. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyhow, uh, I met him there in Rio Grande. Now, in Arizona, we would call that Rio Grande. Espanol would be Rio, but they call it Rio Grande in Ohio. But uh, we went to this house, and as we went up to the door, this Doberman Pinscher with this heavy-duty chain, a 20-foot chain, stretching that chain, he was about six inches from my leg, when he come running up to that door, stretching that chain on his hind legs, going at it with his mouth, trying to get my leg at the front door of that house. The man of the house came out, came to the door and rebuked the animal. It went back and laid down, quieted down, which I was thankful. The Baptist minister told me later it scared the daylights out of him. He said, I was about ready to go around and jump in the car. He said, if that chain breaks, he'll have us both for lunch. That thing was vicious. It was a big dog. And uh, we went inside. And when I went inside, in the living room were certain items that I immediately began noticing. It had a dream catcher. Some of you may not know what a dream catcher is, but in the shaman religion, a dream catcher is a circular device with feathers around it. can be leather or some material with different symbols on it, and then hanging down from it are different leather straps with rabbit's foots and feathers and all that. It's called a dream catcher. Here in the room, in the living room, was a dream catcher on the wall, was a painting of a wolf, a wolf howling at the moon, and there were skulls of all different kinds of animals on shelves all around. There was a tomahawk, and hanging from it was feathers, and then another leather strap 
down to a rabbit's foot and from the rabbit's foot down to a little leather pouch. Well, immediately when I saw these items, I said to this couple, with the dear Baptist minister with me, I said, well, I, I first of all, I want to start right out and be honest with you, dear ones. I fully believe that any demonic activity is in full submission to our word of authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of his blood, body, mind, and spirit. Now, I always use the blood, body, mind, and spirit in the name of Jesus, those five expressions, as my authority when I work with anything like this. And uh, I said, but I want to tell you right now, the only way I would pray a spiritual house cleaning over this home is if you remove those items and anything else in this house and burn them that I tell you would be an invitation to those spirits to come right back in. Well, the wife said, I could see it really disturbed her, she said, but wait a minute, my grandmother was a healer. I said, she was a healer. Did she use these fetishes? She said, yes. I said, then she was a shaman healer. Well, of course she was. I'm half, and she named her tribe. And uh, I said, well, I tell you what, I'm sorry. Then I would be wasting my time to pray a deliverance and cleaning over this house because those items would invite those spirits back in. She said, what's wrong with them? People got healed by her work. I said, well, I have a, a belief about that. I believe the powers of darkness have the ability to put an affliction on people. And when a shaman healer comes along, or a voodoo healer, or someone like that comes along, then... They do their incantations, and then the devil lifts it off, and it looks like there's a miraculous healing takes place. So it's all a counterfeit thing. But the genuine is only through the Lord Jesus Christ and the stripes that he bore and the body that he gave for our freedom and the blood that he shed. And so she got up and walked out of the room into the kitchen. Her husband went in and talked to her. And I could hear, we could hear him in their reasoning with her. And he said, we're going to lose our house. We cannot continue to live here. You've got to be willing to listen to the man. Pastor believes that he will genuinely clean this place up and we'll be able to live here. We can't afford going somewhere else. Well, he talked to her for a while. She finally came back in and said, okay. I said, well, would you do me a favor? Would you start by just getting a big bag or a box or something that we can put these things in? And everything I tell you to put them in it, would you please do that? Yeah, I guess so. But these do have sentimental value. I said, well, you don't use them to do healing or anything, do you? No, I've never done that. I'm, I'm a Christian. I said, then you should be willing to let go of it. And so we went through that house, the ground floor of that house. And we finished in that house in every room. And there were several other items that I found. You know, in, in witchcraft, uh, you have heard or seen, in I hope not in horror movies, I hope you haven't watched horror movies, but 
uh, I remember I remember uh, Topper was on years ago. That was a kind of a crazy movie where there were things moved around in, and he he operated in what I mean now what I now call witchcraft. But then we didn't think about it as that. But I remember this picture where eyes followed you around the room, and there was a big Benigo tiger in their bedroom painting on the wall, and the eyes of that tiger followed us. And I said, do you realize the eyes of that tiger are following us? And the wife and husband said, well, yeah, that's always we've always felt the same thing. And I said, well, where did you get that painting? She said, well, it was my grandmother's. I said, you mean the shaman healers? Yes, it was her favorite painting. <laughs> I said, well, I'm sorry, that's got to go. That's got to go. Can't keep that. So that was another item. Well, anyhow, we finished on the ground floor, and I said to the, the couple, I said, well, now, I said, uh, it's time to go upstairs, but I said, would you call your children down and have them be down here? I don't really want them here when I'm doing this up, that, up there, when I'm saying these things. I don't want any fear. And they looked at me, and they said, our children are all in school. I'm telling Uh-oh. you, it sounded like elephants jumping around up there. And I, <laughs> I had never heard such manifestations of banging and flapping and banging of doors. I thought, they've got to be the rowdiest children I've ever heard. And uh, they looked at me and they said, there's no one up there. That's what we were talking about. I said, this kind of thing goes on? Oh, it goes on all the time. Our bathroom is upstairs, and we cannot get the children to go up there alone. Someone has to go with them. They will not take a bath alone. They're fearful. And I said, wow, hallelujah. Then you are really going to notice when those spirits are gone. And they both, almost like in perfect harmony, said, yes, we will know if they're gone. And I said, well, they're going. They're going. So as we went up those stairs, I'm telling you, in in the one room were ceiling tiles, and the ceiling tiles were flapping. The door was banging. I pointed at that door. I commanded that spirit, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you get off of that door. You get away from that door. You get off of this ceiling. You get out of this ceiling, and you go now. I I rebuke, renounce, Every oath, covenant, curse, fetish, agreement with the unfruitful works of darkness that have opened the door for this and these spirits to come in as many generations back as needs be to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture. In the name of Jesus, I renounce you. I remit the sins of that. Now, you may not have ever heard that expression before. What do you mean, remit? I, I'm definitely a King James language person. If you're NIV, ASV, RSV, or one of those translations, it, it will not say that. But John 20, verse 23, Jesus spoke these words. These were the first words he spoke to his disciples that were in the room, locked in for fear of their life, when he appeared right in the middle of them. First thing he said to them was, Peace be unto you. Hallelujah. They knew it was the Prince of Peace. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Then he said, Peace be unto you again. 
And then he said in verse 23, Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. So you see, if you do not remit, you retain. Now what does it mean to remit? If you look at a 1930s Funk and Wagnalls in a dictionary, I can give you exactly what it says of the synonym uh, for the word remit. It means release, relax, absolve, discontinue, leave off, mitigate, alleviate, soften, relent, consign, and deliver. Think about that. Release, relax, absolve, discontinue. Now that's a good one for a house that's haunted. <laughs> release, relax, absolve, discontinue. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So you see, that's why I was remitting those sins. Remitting those sins. I'm not going to retain the sins of the people and the generations before that have committed all manner of sorcery in that home. That would be very foolish, wouldn't it? To retain those sins? I want no fellowship. The scripture very clearly says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them or rebuke them. And that's exactly what we were up there for. I prayed over the bathroom. I prayed over two of the bedrooms. And then the third bedroom, as I walked into the third bedroom, I heard what sounded like a little three- or four-year-old girl crying, Help me, Mommy. Mommy, 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 help me. And it was in a closet, kind of where the roof goes down at a sharp angle. They had uh, formed, of course, a wall about four and a half feet high there to make a room there, and the ceiling came down through that area. But then they made little doors in there, and they made storage areas in there alongside the, the roof where it would go on from down to the eaves. And I heard that little girl, and I said, I thought you said all the children were gone. And the husband and wife looked at me surprised and said, well, they are. Do you see any children? I said, no, I hear one in that closet there, in that door, coming out of that door. There's a child in there. Uh-oh. And they both begin to cry, and they said, we've heard about this, and you hear that? I said, absolutely, it's a little girl, three, four years old. And they said, ten years ago, this house caught fire. Everyone survived but the little four-year-old girl. She, they couldn't find her. She had crawled into that closet. The fireman could not find her, and she burned to death. And I said, whoa, okay. Boy, I went in there, I opened that door, I went in there and crawled in there on my hands and knees and did a spiritual house cleaning so thorough down in through that area. I crawled down along there as far as I could get, touching every area of the ceiling, the wall, and the floor, cleansing that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the, of the innocent blood. The innocent blood. Remember what God said to Cain? The voice of your brother's blood cries to me from the ground. That is 
something that I have heard for many years. It is not a pleasant thing to hear, especially if you hear it where there has been human sacrifice. And I could name many places across the earth where I have heard that have been drawn to the very area where the blood of that victim went into the ground. Well, we prayed over that house and we finished in that room. You know, I I got a hold of the pastor's name and, and his phone number and all and I called him back two weeks later and six months later and he said, Henry, there has not been one manifestation of any demons in that home since you prayed over it that day. It is free, it is clean, completely clean. The family are so thankful. So there's a little a little success testimony of of what God can do. It uh, it's you know we're not limited people. We're only limited by our fears and our lack of faith. Do you realize that? God God created us. The scripture is very clear. He created us for signs and wonders and miracles. He said that you break every yoke, that you break down or bring down every yoke of bondage. He said, I give you all authority. How much is all? I use that expression quite often. It's always amazing <laughs> the responses I get in churches and Bible lesson teaching areas wherever I teach this out on the out walking with a team. I ask people, how much is all? Does it leave anything out? Think about that. How much is all? <laughs> it's uh, you remember the Looney Tunes? <laughs> yes. That's all, folks. Uh, Bugs Bunny, da, 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 he stutters and says, da, da, that's all. <laughs> so, you see, and the cartoon goes off, doesn't it? Well, I'll tell you what. God has given to us the power and the authority. The power and the authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that if it is named in the Bible, if it is listed in the Word of God of one person performing it, then God is no respecter of persons. You and I can claim that same authority and that same testimony and results. Now, obviously... You don't want the song they sang about David, right? Saul killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. No, 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 no. (laughs) We don't kill people anymore, physically. But the slain of the Lord have got to be many in these days. Have got to be many. Uh, I just came back from Japan a couple weeks ago, Brother Shannon and I. I had a, a very event-filled five weeks that was very precious. Yes. Very precious. And uh, I uh, 
the Edo area of uh, era of Japan, the number two, uh, uh, number two. I gotta get away from shaman here. <laughs> the number two uh, uh, shogun. There we go. <laughs> the number two shogun uh, of Japan. This was before the emperor era. Uh, the number two shogun. Uh, he raised up over in the area of Nara, Japan. And the number one shogun was over in the area of, uh, uh, oh dear, uh, Kyoto. I think of Tokyo backwards like, Kyoto. And uh, the, the, the shogun of Kyoto came with 60,000 men, or 30,000 men, I'm sorry, 30,000 warriors. And this number two shogun only had... Six thousand. He was obviously over out outgunned, and uh, he lost his life in this battle. And uh, of course, then there became only one shogun, and that was in Kyoto. And uh, I prayed over the castle where that shogun was. And I want to tell you, you know, I, I mentioned something earlier to you. I, I, I seem to be going into a heavy or area of. Uh, of warfare tonight, but Amen. This is what we need, Brother Gruber. Is that what you need? Praise this the is Lord, a right now. Lord. Lord is sure taking me a different direction. I, I wrote several notes here, and I'm going a whole different direction than my notes. But that's all right. I, I want to interject. Uh, I want to interject one thing. Forgive me, brother. If you're just tuning in, our special guest tonight is the prayer walker, Henry Gruber. It is an honor to have him on with us live, and I want to welcome you if you're just tuning in. Brother Groover, I want to mention one thing. Uh, if I never do another broadcast again, and we've done 850, this will go down as uh, being the greatest blessing for me and many to have you come on and impart to the people of God the knowledge that the Lord has given you in the training over 50 years doing this kind of work. And when you were just giving that example I never heard that story, by the way, of you went in to cleanse this house. Yeah. Uh, you know, powerful, because, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of that stuff occur, and uh, I, w I appreciate all the detail that you can add, because uh, we're sitting here, I really believe tonight, getting some keys that's going to help people around the world uh, in the battles that lay ahead. So the more detail, the better, and... Uh, this is a right now word. I'm going to shut up. Let me give it back to you. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. In well, terms well, of uh, what you <laughs> actually do when you go in there, uh, what the process is uh, to cleanse, because some of us have never heard this preached anywhere before, and this is so sorely needed. So let me give it back to you, please. The process for cleansing is very biblical and very simple. You remember in Leviticus, the Lord said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Now, that, that isn't Leviticus. That there is uh, Psalms 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. So now, if the earth is the Lord's and the fullness, everything in it, belongs to Him, then don't we have authority if the one who is the squatter, and that's Lucifer, Lucifer is a squatter. Jesus said, I saw him cast down to the earth. He fell like lightning, didn't he? 
And so he was cast down upon the earth. Now, Jesus, standing on the earth on the Mount of Temptation, Satan was allowed to come to him at the end of his 40 days and 40 nights fasting. He was allowed to come to Jesus and tempt him. And he said, If you be the Son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread, right? And Jesus said there in Matthew 4, 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now that is exactly what Jesus said later in Matthew and in John. He said, I only speak the words that I hear my Father speak, and I only do what I see my Father do. Now wait a minute. What did Jesus say he saw the Father do? He saw him pluck, cast Lucifer, Satan, out of heaven with his little finger, boom, and he fell as lightning. Now, Jesus said, I only do what I saw my father do. So he cast him down. And Jesus said, I only speak what I hear my father speak. Now, Satan was allowed to speak to Jesus because he, he, he clearly said that. Then he also said to Jesus, Satan also said, well, isn't it written in the scriptures that if you fall, that he'll give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against a stone, and you fall to bear you up? So here, he takes him, he says, so if his angels and those words are true, then cast yourself off of this cliff, and your angels will, will take care of you. And Jesus said to him, it is written. Notice he always there in Matthew chapter 4 he always said back to Satan, It is written, didn't he? It is written. And that's that's a, a powerful key. For it is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Right? And so therefore, he, he refused to play his game. And this is something that is so important to remember. Because if Satan can begin to talk to us, and uh, he can begin to get us into a conversation, then he's got us. Unless we are very well established in the Word of God. This is why David said in Psalms, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And Psalms 119 is full of these things. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my pathway. Uh, so, and of course in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So you see, the word of God spoken as we have taken it by reading it from the letter has great power when it is spoken by the Holy Spirit. We need to always keep that in mind. And so, here in uh, Leviticus also, let's go to the Old Testament and New. I love, I love to go to the Old. It's, it's written for our examples that we might not err as they erred, right? And, fell Amen. The and so, in Leviticus, chapter 25, chapter 25, verse 23, 
It says, The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine. For you are strangers and sojourners with me. Now that sounds like a final statement, doesn't it? The land is mine, it's not to be sold forever. Hmm, but look at the very next verse, no new paragraph. And in all, how much is all, the land of your possession, you shall grant a redemption for the land. Think about that. You have a responsibility, Christians. You have a responsibility before the Lord to grant a redemption for the land. All right, let's go to Deuteronomy, the next book, or a couple books more here. Deuteronomy chapter 21, chapter 21. And and look at this. How many of you out there, especially you listening in England and Australia and New Zealand or wherever you are, uh, you're very familiar in uh, Ireland, northern, southern Ireland. Uh, You're very familiar with the bubonic plague, that hit uh, Great Britain. Remember the song, Ring Around the Roses, Pocket Full of Poses, Ashes, Ashes, We All Fall Down? You in England know all about that. I learned about that in England from people that lived in these times. And uh, that that's a little nursery rhyme that we used to sing. Just a simple little nursery rhyme. But I didn't know what it meant till I got over there and heard from them well, here, here is what caused the bubonic plague. I found this out. If you live in London or anywhere near it, I'll tell you what, you can verify what I'm saying. Go to the Dungeon of London. If you go from the Tower Bridge, that's from uh, the Tower of London, which is the Tower Bridge is what many people refer to as the London Bridge, but it's not the true London Bridge. It's the Tower Bridge. It's a very ornate one. I learned this walking, London. If you go over the Tower Bridge, you'll come to a Y in the road down on the other side of the Thames River. Take the Y and go to the right. You'll go down about two, three blocks. On the left side, keep a watch, you will come to the Dungeon of London Museum. It has all of the old torture devices down there throughout ancient history up to more modern times especially more ancient history or historical history. And it tells you right out front, if you have a weak stomach, we do not refund your fee uh, for coming into this museum. And uh, I love the word they use in England, mind that. In other words, we mean it. (laughs) (laughs) Mind that, like mind the gap when you get off of the underground there. in London, the underground train, and it's always, you hear the words, mind the gap, mind the gap. It means pay attention, there is a space between the train and the platform. But anyhow, uh, I went into the dungeon of London, and in there, they have these large enough bird cages that look like the kind of uh, bird cage uh, only uh, big enough to put a human being in, that dear little uh, Tweety Pie is in of Sylvester and... Uh, and the, the cartoon. You can tell I watched cartoons when I was a kid. But uh, uh, that kind of a, of a, it has a flat bottom and kind of a, looks almost like the ancient uh, beehive type arch up to this. But anyhow, uh, 
they said there that right there it's in the history of that museum this type bird cage is where they put people that were condemned to die they hung them in that cage over the walkway over the sidewalk we call it sidewalk here they call it pavement in England but over the pavement where people walked under them and people would poke at them with their umbrellas they would throw things kids would throw things at them and torment them and the family was responsible for giving them food and water until they died of exposure and when they died they did not remove the dead body but the body decomposed in that bird cage as they thought would be a determinant to sit to to crime it would deter people well parts of that body would fall down onto the sidewalk or pavement and the rats would come and eat it and those rats became sick and infected and then the lice on the rat the rats became infected and then that spread to people from the rats and that was the bubonic plague now uh look at Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 22 people ask all the time is capital punishment biblical well let's answer that question in this too verse 22 Deuteronomy chapter 21 if a man have committed a sin worthy of death and he be put to death is to be put to death and you hang him on a tree his body shall not remain all night upon the tree but you shall in any wise bury him that day for he that is hanged is a curse of god now look at this look at the rest of this verse 23 that your land be not defiled which the lord thy god giveth thee for an inheritance is that pretty clear yes sure that answers the question doesn't it that's exactly why the bubonic plague took place And so they violated the word of God. Yeah, it's Old Testament, but I'll tell you what, the book of Deuteronomy has the laws of cleansing, doesn't it? It has the laws of of morality and righteousness. Amen. And I mean it 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 just uh it it, it just simply has such simple rules verse 10 here of chapter 22, you shall not plow with a do- an ox and a donkey together. You shall not wear a garment of different sorts as of woolen and linen together. Wow. Why? Well, you shall not you shall make uh, shall shall make the fringes upon the four quarters of your vesture wherewith your you cover yourself. If any man take a wife and go in unto her and hate her and give occasion of speech against her, bring an evil upon her, it just goes on and talks about divorce. It talks about all kinds of things here in Deuteronomy. in these chapters. So you see bringing a curse on the land. The land if the land is cursed will go back to a spiritual house cleaning. Now I I I want to finish a little more on that testimony of that house. <laughs> It was very interesting. I don't have that dear pastor's no- name anymore. Uh it's in my archives somewhere. It's been several years ago. but uh 
if I searched, I'm sure I could find it, but I'd have to do a lot of research. But I don't know if he's still pastoring back then or not, but it's been probably 10 years. But however, uh, we went to burn all of these items out in the backyard. Now that dog, that dog was barking and stretching that chain toward us, trying to get loose. And this master commanded it to be quiet, but it kept stirring up as we dumped those things out. We tried to light them on fire. Do you know we could not even take a match and get feathers to burn? This may sound bizarre and unbelievable, people, but it showed the power of Satan upon these fetishes. These are ritualistic fetishes that have been been made great commitment and vows and covenants with the with Lucifer, the god of this world, has been made over these things. We could not even get them to burn. And the wife was really, I could tell it was beginning to really distress her, even though she had heard and had witnessed the, the, the ceiling tile stop flashing, the doors did not bang anymore, and the sounds of, of running and beating on the floor, jumping, they ceased. That house went quiet. But now we couldn't get the fetishes to burn. The wolf howling at the moon was a plaster Paris painting on a plaster Paris about uh, 12 inches high by maybe 9 inches wide, made of plaster Paris and then painted. It was very pretty, very good painting, but when I got hold of it out of the bag, I noticed when we put it in it was quite heavy, and I realized, I said, well, this is plaster Paris. Well, I, I wasn't worried about that burning, but I wanted to burn the the fascia off of it, of the painting. And uh, we couldn't even get anything to burn. We went and got paper, lit the paper, and it wouldn't. none of these things would burn. And I said, wait a minute. we got to break the fetish and the curse off of this. we got to break the power and the spell off of this. And so I said, now, let's walk around. I want you, the husband and wife, I want you to join in with me. And I want you to, we're going to walk around this, and we're going to walk around it until I feel in my heart to set a match to it. And so we walked. I don't know, I didn't count how many times we walked around that pile of items. And claimed the blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, breaking every oath, covenant, curse, and fetish of agreement that had been made over these items as many generations back as needs be to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture. And we were doing that. And then this piece came over me, and I said, okay, it's time to light it. We lit a piece of paper and threw it on that pile. And I'm telling you something, we all jumped back. That pile went up in flames, and people don't have to believe me if they don't want to. But even the plaster Paris burned. That burned. And nothing was left but ashes. When that finished burning, that dog, the Lord said to me, go over now and pet that dog. Now here's my test again, see, of what I started with, (laughs) about fear of dogs. 
That dog wanted me for lunch. It wanted pastor for lunch. <laughs> I walked over to that dog. Now, that dog had 10, 15 feet when I went to him where he was laying down. He got up, and his little, you know how they lopped their tail off, that little tail was just wagging as fast as it could go. Its head was down, and it came over to me with its head down. And I said, you don't have to have your head down. I said, you know and I know those spirits are gone. And you know and I know you're not to obey those spirits anymore because they are off of this property and you will never be tormented by them again. And I knelt down, just squatted down and just petted him and tickled his ear. And he just he just nuzzled up against me. He was my buddy. Now that really... <laughs> that, <laughs> really caused that husband and wife to say, whoa, that dog is only friends with my wife and I and our children. Even the children's friends don't go near that dog. Something has really happened. I said, well, you know what's happened, and I know what's happened. This place is free now. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> so, so you see... All we have to do is take our authority. Now, here's an Old Testament expression, again, in, in Deuteronomy 21. Here's, here talks about how to take care of a murder. If one be found slain in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Now, people, if you're listening to me from up in Connecticut, if you're listening to me, from Portland, Oregon, and the Clackamas Town Center, and that that Macy's or store that's there where the, the murders took place a week ago, or that elementary school over there in Connecticut. Listen to me. Here's how you cleanse it. If one be found slain in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it, lying in the field, and it is not known who has slain him, then your elders and your judges shall go forth, and they shall measure unto the cities which are round about him that is slain. And it shall be that the city which is next to the slain man, even the elders of that city, shall take a heifer which hath not been or hath not plowed yet, or hath not been mated with, and uh, hath not drawn the yoke. And the elders of that city shall bring down that heifer unto a rough valley, which is neither eared nor sown a place that has not been plowed or not been fielded, and shall strike off the heifer's neck there in the valley. So there's the blood and body sacrifice of the Old Testament. Now we know Jesus is the blood and body sacrifice of the new. Verse 5, And the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come near. For them the Lord thy God hath chosen to minister unto him, and to bless in the name of the Lord, and by their word, now here's the priest, by their word shall every controversy and every stroke be tried. Now think about that. By their word shall every controversy and every stroke be tried. You do this, all the elders of that city that are next unto the slain man shall wash their hands over the heifer that is beheaded in the valley, and they shall answer and say, Our hands have not shed this blood, neither have our eyes seen it. Oh, if our city fathers would do this. 
Be merciful, O Lord, unto thy people Israel, whom thou hast redeemed, and lay not innocent blood unto thy people of Israel's charge, and the blood shall be forgiven them. Verse 9 now, Deuteronomy 21, verse 9. So shall you put away the guilt of innocent blood from among you, when you shall do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. Now think about that. Now you say, well, yeah, that was the priest. I'm not a priest. Well, are you an overcomer in the Lord? Are you a are you a mature Christian? Have you fulfilled your obedience in the Lord? Do you do you have that kind of a relationship with the Lord? I hope so. Because you see, uh, here in First Peter, New Testament now, First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. I got it backwards there. So he says, If you've laid aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, notice all the alls there, as newborn babes desire the sincere work of the word, milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you, no new paragraph here, you also as living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So you see, you and I are a priesthood unto the Lord. Verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I was walking an area a while back with a team and the police barricade was there and the police were there, and one of my team members knew the sheriff. And so he went over to the sheriff and asked what happened, and they said they had found the body of a little four-year-old girl back in the area of a thicket, like a heavy foliage. And uh, they were investigating it. I said... When the man came back and told me this, I said, would you go ask the sheriff, tell him what I do, and ask him if he would allow me to go with him or one of his officers to the site where the little girl was found. Have they removed the body? Yes, they have just removed it. So I said, okay, so the body isn't there. Now I want to go and I want to cleanse that land so that the enemy does not get a stronghold in that area. Well, you know that sheriff let me go with an officer. Wow. His deputies. He was I found later he was he was a Christian. And he said, Well I, I wanna I wanna go with you and I wanna watch. I wanna watch what you do. Now now don't touch anything and and all but but we we have the ground marked right where the body lay. But so I can't let you touch that ground there. I said, I don't have to touch the actual ground where the body lay, just where it took place. Well, we got into a little clearing back in this heavy foliaged area, and you could see 
where the aggressor took the victim to do what he did. And uh, I walked around, all around that. And I said, is it okay if I walk and make a circle around? They said, yes, we've found anything. We've taken footprints uh, already. And I could see where they had poured plaster into footprints and all that. So they already had all that, was letting everything cure. So I walked around it. And that is where I did the same thing, as I mentioned a while ago. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remit the sins that have been committed here in these last recent hours. I remit those sins, and I also remit the sins as many generations back, as far back as whatever happened here, that opened the door and allowed this specific place to be chosen for this act. I renounce that. I remit the the sins of it, I renounce the oath, the covenant, the curse, the fetish, the agreement with the unfruitful works of darkness of that, as many generations back as needs be to the very first thought, word, deed, or gesture. And now, Lamb of God, I ask that the blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ be applied over this area. Now, Lord, I remit the sin also of the person or persons that did this. I don't know any other details than what I did, just this child. But Lord, I remit their sins and I ask that you bring them to justice. I ask that if they have not caught this person and the sheriff said, no, we haven't. And I says, all right, Lord, I ask that you will give these officers wisdom in their investigation and that this case will be resolved very soon and very quickly, but I asked, Lord, that the best thing would be is whoever did this, that they would turn themselves in and that they would give up. And, Lord, that you would save the person that did this, for it brings you no pleasure to destroy the life of an individual who has done a sin even this wicked. So, Lord, we just pray that, but we pray now that you will comfort the parents and the family and the the ones that have lost this one and, and the family members that will be embarrassed and humiliated by this loved one, this acquaintance committing this horrible act. And so I just gave that sacrifice and declared that over that site. And I have told people this again and again. When you see... I've walked many cities and I have seen many times in my life the chalk mark where the victim fell. And uh, I I walked an area in uh, in Japan just this last trip uh, where a person jumped off of a multi-story building in a university and committed suicide. And uh, you could see they had washed the area but it was still stained with the blood of that victim. And even suicides, you take dominion over that, remitting the sin, remitting the sin of however God leads you in it. But then you also break the covenant with death off of that area. And remember Jesus said that you break every yoke, that you loose the captives and set them free. And yes. so you dominion over that area over the covenant with death as well 
and that's very important. So think about that, and I'll get Shannon a few few minutes here. I haven't let him in. Hardly got to heart. Oh no, sir. And listen, I am Brother, I am taking taking mental notes here, Brother Grover. Um, <laughs> this is, folks. This is prayer walking. 101, 201, we're getting an education tonight. Praise God. Um, I love the stories, and I love uh, how you do what you do, because uh, I've never heard this taught anywhere, Brother Groover. I do have a question for you, and that is, um, when you go into some locations, and let's say maybe God sent you into a place where there was some altars or a human sacrifice, you know, you've been in the caves before. Oh, yes. Um, do you also have to... Um, anoint any of those um, objects that you might find with oil? Is that necessary at all? Some people do. Uh, I have a dear sister in Portland, Oregon, actually in Oregon City, that has given me a supply of, uh, of uh, oil. Uh, Purge me with hyssop. Uh, it's a hyssop-type oil. And uh, I have for years put that hyssop. There are places that I have walked where I can't go around uh, pouring oil out. So you know what I do? I anoint the soles of my feet with the oil. Ah. Not in their sight. <laughs> I know I have walked into palaces. I have walked into <laughs> the military strongholds. I've walked into prisons where they wouldn't let me be dumping oil around. I have walked into areas uh, of, uh, well... Masonic temples. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Where they wouldn't let me be dumping oil around, but put it on my feet. I hope I'm not making a mistake. I just cover this conversation and Amen. all with the blood of Jesus. But, uh, uh, yes, I believe in that. In some, I have, uh, matter of fact, we just, uh, we just had communion with, uh, with grape juice and uh, a wafers in Japan in an area where a big battle was fought and thousands of people died over in the area of Odate where 8,000 soldiers, uh, samurais and their armies killed each other uh, uh, in the town, uh, a little town there, oh, trying to think of the name of it, but uh, the Buddhist temples were on each side of that river and the shogun of the north and the shogun of the south brought their forces together and uh, went into the Buddhist temple on one side of the river and were blessed by the Buddhist priests. And on the other side, the other shogun of the north went in to the Buddhist temple with his samurais and were blessed by the priests. And then the next morning, set the battle in array, and 8,000 soldiers died, and their bodies flowed and their blood flowed down that river. Wow. Dear Lord, what do you do, you know? Well, we, we had communion on both sides of the river. And uh, that is a very important thing. It uh, We did it on top of a mountain. As a matter of fact, uh, that particular mountain was uh, 666, 666 meters high. It took us quite a uh, a good part of a day to climb up there. And uh, we climbed that mountain, and I'm so thankful uh, that the Lord gave us a nice warm day because uh, in early November there, normally you would be in snow up on that mountain. But uh, the Lord gave us a warm day and no snow, 
And it was quite a task to get up there, but uh, we had communion up there at 666 meters high. <laughs> Amazing. What is the significance of having communion at these uh, locations where all this um, carnage has taken place? Well, uh, because we are, Jesus said, as oft as you do this, right, you do it in remembrance of me in the sacrifice that I gave. Yes. And uh, so we did it in that way. Now, I have done it where uh, where they took, and we would take the communion, the wafer, and, and the, the, the grape juice, and we would each drink some and then pour some over the land. I've had individuals do that. Uh, I've had, I know individuals that drive stakes into the ground with scriptures on them. Some wow. Northwest, they put stainless steel stakes into the ground uh, with uh, scriptures uh, kind of tooled into it, you know, with words and letters. Uh, they're very thorough and uh, amazing. That's like marking your territory, right, for Jesus? It really is. So, uh, I, I I certainly do not disagree with any of those procedures. Uh, oh. I personally don't carry stakes to put in unless somebody gives them to me and asks me to put them in. But uh, I don't carry uh, grape juice and wafers normally. Individuals do it, and they ask if they can do them. I say, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And uh, so we do that. Brother and, Gruber, you mentioned um, when you were at that house and you've got these um, fetishes, accursed objects, out of the house and you went out to destroy them. Um, is it important to burn them or uh, can someone simply just put them in a garbage bag and throw them in the trash bin? I would recommend you don't do that. Uh, when the number one high, high priest over in the country of Wales and England came to the Lord, I led to the Lord, uh, the Lord took him home after that and he was gloriously saved and set free. His wife was gloriously set free. She was a breeder and had sacrificed several of her children secretly. Wow. Uh, on the altar, literally. Bore them in secret so there's no birth certificate and sacrificed them secretly. But uh, we did a spiritual house cleaning of her house. And uh, <laughs> the Lord even told me about, I saw a silver cup up above in the kitchen, you know how above the cabinets, sometimes there'll be like a three-inch shelf up there above the cabinets that things can set in so they don't fall off down below. Yes, sir. Well, the Lord showed me that that uh, silver cup was up there. Well, I didn't know. It was the very silver cup that she had taken a, a blood covenant with, had drank blood, human blood out of, taking a covenant with the Black Witch. And uh, her first covenant with the black witch before she married the high priest but uh, uh, the spirit was very angry over that one did not want that destroyed but we took that and smashed it crushed it it was it was silver it crushed easily with a hammer we crushed it and then the Lord showed me that there was one more item in that house I said there's one more item I see a candlestick it's it's three serpents woven together up, and I said, I think it looks like it's maybe 10 inches high. And I said, it comes out to these three serpents' heads in three different directions, and it's a candlestick. 
And she said, oh, don't ask me to destroy that. Please, we cannot destroy that. That is very ancient. It goes all the way back to the days of Egypt and the pharaohs. And I said, it has to be destroyed. And she she hummed and hawed and really got upset with me, persisting in that. She said she just tried in every way she could to forget it. Please forget it. Henry, just forget it. You don't know what you're dealing with. And I was not going to back off. And uh, she became very angry with me, and I said, well... Then if you keep that, the last thing I said to her was, then if you keep that, you are going to agree and give open door for those demons to come back on you and your son. And she said, because she had one son, she did not sacrifice. And that's quite a long testimony. It would take an hour to give that. But uh, how she came to the Lord. Uh, But uh, anyhow... She finally went and she said, all right, we have to pull this big, heavy chest away. It was an antique, big, tall antique, beautiful piece of furniture, heavy, heavy as could be. It took her and I working hard to pull it away from the wall and back down under the chest on the bottom, up under a shelf, she pulled out this thing wrapped in a white linen and unwrapped it. And there was this solid gold... 10-inch high candlestick that weighed so heavy with ruby eyes in all three of the of the serpents. Wow. And she said, this is used at Christmas time on the 25th of December. Oh, my goodness. 31st and December the 25th are two of our highest days. December the 25th, because the one that loose our God hates with a passion was born. Now, she said that. That people argue about the 25th of December, but that's what that high witch's wife said. So we have this ritual, and this goes back to ancient times, clear to Egypt. And I wonder if it wasn't when Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt that the occult magicians came up with this at that time. I don't know, but I'm speculation. But I'll tell you what, brother. We took that out. We took the silver cup out. We couldn't burn it down, but we took it out to what they call the tip in England with a five-pound hammer. Yes. Crushed it down. And when we crushed this thing down, this gold thing down, it was gold. It it just it just started spreading out, and the rubies went flying. And a guy come up saw us doing. It. He said, "That's gold. That's gold. What are you doing to that for? That's a that's an expensive item." I looked at him and I said, "It is an accursed item. It is used by the powers of darkness. It means nothing to us. We do not covet the gold or the rubies in the eyes. They were big rubies in the eyes." We do not cover anything of this. He ran, grabbing the rubies as they went flying as we were crushing the heads. And we took that and threw it into the dumpster in the silver cup. And he went jumping, diving into that big dumpster, trying to get it out. And I said, I want you to know we want nothing to do with that. We crushed it that it could never be used again for that. But uh, 
You know what? After that, that dear woman, high priest's wife, got so set free. I, I was just reading a letter from her the other day. How the joy of the Lord comes on her, uh, came on her, and she would laugh and laugh, laughing with tears running down her face, thanking the Lord for the freedom that she has in the Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord. There is deliverance, and we have to. We just have to take our position. Now, listen. I want to tell you. Put this little note in there, people. Please remember in the book of Acts the seven sons of Seva, how they said, "In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, we command you to come out." They were going to deliver a person from demons. What does it say there in the book of Acts? Those demons came out, but they jumped on those seven young men, tearing their clothes off, tearing at them, clawing at them. They ran away naked and wounded. You do not play around with this. This is high voltage. I want I want you to know that. It is high voltage. And uh, you, you, you claim the protection of the Lord. You claim the covering of the Lord over you, over your family your brothers and sisters in Christ in doing that. Every time I go out to walk and pray, I never know what I'm going to come into the middle of. And so I always pray in this way. Here's how we pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before your royal courts right now. And in that precious name above every other name that can ever be named in earth or in heaven, we ask that through the blood of Jesus that you would forgive us of any sin in our life, known or unknown. That's very important because the Word of God says if we hold sin in our heart, He will not hear us. And so you don't want to have sin upon your life because if God doesn't hear you and you go out like those seven sons of Seba did, and you think that you're just going to perform something beautiful and something powerful and look how great we are, and you have sin in your life, you have literally committed an act that you are without the protection of the Lord. So be cautious about that. And so we claim the blood of Jesus over us and over our family and over our, our brothers and sisters in Christ and our loved ones near and far over every form and realm of communication to, from, around, and concerning us. We always do this before we go out walking and praying. That is very important. I've, I've written a book on that called simply The Prayer Crosswise, A Prayer Walker's Handbook. Uh, if you wanted to get on the website, henrygroover.com, you could, you could get that book. Uh, I have a book called The Visions of a Walker, both those books are over 100 pages. Uh, I have one called The Rebirth of Judah versus The Church Glorious. And my wife has written one called Help for the Disquieted Soul. And it's uh, it's her trials and triumphs raising 13 children with a husband gone a lot and uh, doing warfare. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, Brother Grover, if uh, they would like to order those, uh, where do they go? Do they go to your website? Yeah, you can go to the website and click in on publications, or just uh, you can write us at P.O. Box 144, Woodbine, Iowa, 
51579. I don't think I gave the zip code earlier, did I? 51579. Woodbine, Iowa. W-O-D-B as in boy, I-N-E, Iowa. 51579. Joyful Sound Ministries. And ask for Prayer Walker's Handbook or Visions of a Walker or Rebirth of Judah versus The Church Glorious or my wife's book or, or DVD, CDs. Uh, we don't put a price on any of it, so don't ask how much. Uh, on our website, you can make a donation for that item and order it, and that'll save you writing or whatever, and it'll click right in, and then we'll send it out to you. While we're giving out information, folks, if you're just joining us, we have Brother Henry Groover on live tonight. Brother Groover, if someone would like to support you financially, because I know it has to take uh, resources to be able to do the work that you do around the world. Uh, they can give via your website. Do you have PayPal by chance also? Yeah, yeah, they can do it on the on the website, and they'll get a receipt back through PayPal. And, oh, that's uh, great. They'll even uh, take foreign currency and trans- transfer it into American currency. And, uh, yeah, we've just recently done that. As a matter of fact, only a couple months ago, I finally did it. I... I didn't want to get into credit cards, but you know what? Such pressure has been put on us by people saying, "Listen, I, I, I just, I don't, I'm not a writer. I don't, I don't write letters. I don't." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so we've finally done it. I, I didn't like to do it, but I finally done it now. <laughs> well, praise the Lord, and I want to encourage people to support uh, this ministry because He is doing some powerful work around the world that needs to be done now. Uh, Brother Groover, you mentioned a verse earlier that uh, Jesus says, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Yes. Does does that extend only uh, to casting out demons, or do we have authority as believers in Christ to uh, engage some of these principalities and powers? And maybe someone's asking, what is a principality and power? How are, are they different than like a demonic spirit that might be in a person or, you know, um, haunting a location where violence has been committed. Um, what's your take on that? All right. If you look at Ephesians chapter 6, right? In Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us to put on the armor of God, right? Yes. It says, uh, finally, brethren, verse 10, chapter 6, verse 10, My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Whoo! Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, your breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the good news of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all, how much is all, the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So, uh, 
Think about that. Think about that. What is uh, in in over here in Colossians is another. I think it's Colossians. I got to look it up real quick here. Um, is another expression um, that talks about uh, the position that you and I have in the Lord, uh, our our relationship in the Lord. Um, no, I'm sorry. It's it must be. It's got to be Ephesians again. Good old Ephesians. That's a powerful book. Yeah, it is Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians chapter three. Uh, Paul talks about here. Uh, ver- chapter two, verse twenty-two. The last verse of chapter two of Ephesians. In whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. That God literally inhabits you. For this cause, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace which God hath given to you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote in a few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now." Chapter 3, verse 5, It is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereby I am made a minister unto me, who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men, here's, here it is, all men, verse 9, all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 10, no new paragraph. To the intent that now, when is now? Past right now. Future, that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's time that the powers and principalities might begin to realize this manifold, this wisdom of Almighty God flowing through the church. Now. Now. When's now? (laughs) So... I look at that, and I just, I just say, well, Lord, when is it? If, if if we don't have it, some say, well, we don't have that now. Some say that that for if you get to doing this thing, you're 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 usurping the authority of Jesus. Well, what do you put on the armor for? Amen. Think about that. Why 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 would we wear the armor? Why would we wear it? Well, that we may overcome powers and principalities. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, he says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it even entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But, no new paragraph, verse 10, 
God hath revealed them to us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but by the Spirit of God. So, he says, we've not received the wisdom of the world, but we've received the wisdom which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us. Hallelujah. So, he says, which things also we speak, verse 13 of chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual so you see, we're talking spiritual things tonight, aren't we? Yes, sir. Very serious spiritual things. This has gone. Uh, <laughs> this has gone very serious tonight, and I hope individuals will recognize that, and uh, we'll take it and consider it. Uh, I, you, you said it's uh, tonight's program is is number eight fifty six. I guess people could probably get a copy of it, right? So they can. Oh. Absolutely, and we have about 15 minutes remaining with Brother Gruber. Folks, if you're coming in late tonight, I want to encourage everybody to get a copy of this. We're also going to send a copy to you, Brother Gruber. You can use as you will. Um, in the remaining uh, few minutes, let me ask you a couple um, uh, quick questions here. So sure. if you go into an area, let's just say, for example, I lived in Costa Rica for a couple years, Brother uh, Gruber. Ah. Have you ever prayer walked down there, by the way? No, I haven't. Uh, not any lower than uh, down into Mexico. <laughs> God well, they, has I'm, not given me South America, I guess. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure there's a lot of great places, though, to go then. Perfect. Um, so I believe there's a spirit over there in the area um, of arrested development. There's some spirits of lust. You'll go down the street, and, uh, you know, you can just feel the spirit of lust. You know, they have, of course, prostitution is legal down there. It draws a lot of people is around that the world. Right? Is that a yes, territory sir. of America? No, sir. Uh, Costa Rica is uh, in between Panama and Nicaragua. Okay, I was thinking Puerto Rico. Okay, yeah. So uh, Costa Rica is Central America. You know, they have no military, but they do have a police force. But you know what? It's one of the major uh, tur tourism capitals. People go in there, and they, they frequent the prostitution down there in San Jose. But my point is, is, you know, you can feel this stuff going on down there. And there's, uh, there's also uh, just a... Just about any family you can name, you'll have a lot of situations where uh, maybe a young man will get a girl pregnant down there. He'll abandon her, and instead of you know getting married and getting out on home, he'll run home and stay with his parents. Oh my uh, goodness! There's a lot of weird stuff like that going on, you know, um, and other things we you could go into. My point is, is, let's just say you were able to get the discernment and identify that there was a particular principality that had this, you know, city or the country bound yes, up. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. How do you go about engaging in warfare against it? Can one individual do it? Do you need more than one? And what do you do? Do you just say, I bind the principalities over this area in Jesus' name? How Thank would you approach that? Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. You're, 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 you're asking a very, very important question, brother. Uh, here is something uh, when we're dealing with powers and principalities. Uh, I I only deal with like a like a power of, of evil over an immediate area. Uh, rarely do I deal with a principality that's over a whole area like that. 
the reason is God has to speak to me and assure me that the church is ready if that principality is to be brought down, which I believe it can. I believe a an individual can bring down a power and principality over a whole region. I, I believe in that kind of authority. Amen. But I do not use that authority unless I have full assurance from the Lord that the church or the missionaries of that region are ready to rescue the ones that lose their spirit guide, that lose their 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 familiar spirits, that lose their horoscope, their their sorcery, their fortune telling power. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, I don't tear. I don't bring that prince down unless I know the body of Christ in that area is equipped and ready for a mighty labor and influx of souls. Because the reason is, is Jesus said it this way. He said, when an evil spirit is gone out of a man, right? Yes. That spirit, those spirits go in dry places seeking rest and find none. They say they cannot find any rest, so they say they will go back and they find the house cleaned and garnished, right? Cleaned and, yes. and washed. And they go back in to that house or that vessel and the end of that one is seven times worse than the beginning. And so for that reason, I do not normally, I don't specialize in taking authority over principalities over a whole nation or a whole city unless I individually walk every street of that city with teams or walk it and pray it. After I finished walking seven years, I didn't know it, but the Lord had me walk every city of the stronghold of that high priest that had thousands of covens under him. He had me walk every one of his cities, and literally in that seven years, I stood on top of five human sacrifice altars around that entire country. Broke the power and spell of those off, which that high priest told me after he was saved, when they would go back into that area to try to do sacrifice where their altar was, terror came over them, and Lucifer would not let them back into those areas. And I would declare on those human sacrifice altars, let it be made known, anyone entering this area from this time forth to do any form of oath, covenant, curse, fetish, agreement, with the unfruitful works of darkness, or commit any act of animal or human sacrifice, will come face to face with the power of the shed blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will have no alternative but to turn and fall down and repent of this wickedness, or turn and flee and never come back here again for this purpose. And that high priest told me, all five of those altars, that literally happened. They could not go back into there to do sacrifice. Praise the Lord. So it, uh, there is power. I, 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 as I said, I am fully persuaded in my heart and my mind that we have authority and power against these powers and principalities, to even principalities over nations. But I thoroughly, I'm thoroughly walking and praying Japan before I take dominion or would feel to be led to take dominion over the principality that rules over Japan. I've got now, to take cities first. How do you go about picking your location where you're going to walk next? 
the Lord, uh, for many years, the Lord would let me hear that nation and that city crying out. Now, when with Japan these last years, since 1995, I've been working Japan. I've worked 46 of the islands of Japan now. Uh, I turn it over to my schedulers and interpreters to choose which islands and which cities to walk. And then I here at home or wherever I'm ministering, I cry out to the Lord fast and pray that the Lord will guide them in where I'm to be because that keeps me going and lets them do all the all the mechanical scheduling and all that. So I really pray that God will direct them and have our intercessors praying that God will direct them where we're to go. Now, Brother Groover, have you, uh, as of yet, ever been able to do any prayer walking in uh, Israel or the Middle East? Yes, I have uh, prayed uh, all over Israel. I walked and prayed every city street of the old city and the new city of Jerusalem uh, in 1993. And uh, in many city areas of Tel Aviv and uh, Tiberias, and uh, Capernaum and all around the Sea of Galilee. Oh, I can't even think of the names of all their Masada. I have to ask uh, you the million-dollar question. Uh, have you been able to prayer walk the Temple Mount and go after the mosque? <laughs> uh, I've walked around the mosque. I have not been in the mosque. Uh, I, the Lord wouldn't let me. And uh, I have walked the grounds and walked around it, yes. Praise God. That's a, the mosque is a wicked place. I've been up there one oh. time. I, have, I didn't get inside. They wouldn't let me in. They would have had a guy sitting outside in a, in a chair, and they wouldn't let uh, Christians in. But uh, have you ever done any prayer walking in Australia? Yes. Uh, Brisbane. Uh, Gold areas, Coast? Up in, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of names of other towns uh, in areas of Australia. Yes. I have a daughter son-in-law and two grandsons that live there up above Brisbane, two-hour drive in uh, in uh, Childers. I hope I'm, hope I'm pronouncing it right, Childers, if you're in Australia. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, um, what is on the, uh, the map next? Are you going back, you said, to Japan and Okinawa soon? Yes, I'll be going to Japan uh, on the 22nd. I'll be in Japan in Okinawa and the lower islands. I'll be going to, I think, two or three new islands in Japan from the 23rd of uh, January to the 23rd of February. And then I fly to Korea, and I'll be in Seoul, Korea on the 25th speaking. Uh, I hope it will be on my website. I'm, I'm hoping they will get me the schedule real soon where I will be in Korea as well. Boy, if we'll, we could only get you into North Korea, my goodness, that would be a coup. <laughs> I have been praying about that. I, I have. I have a real burden to go to North Korea. You know, I did get into China. I spent five days with the leaders of China in Beijing. Wow. In the capital, and I prayed in and out of the offices in the capital. <laughs> oh my goodness! Praise the Lord! Tiananmen Square too. <laughs> yes, sir. All over Tiananmen. A two and a half hour walk back and forth over Tiananmen Square. Oh my goodness! Chairman Mao's uh, tomb and uh, his headquarters, and yes, we have the Silver Palace he had, and uh, all all kinds of places. The Great Wall. Praise uh, the Lord. Uh, uh, some of the locations you're planning to go, will those be places that uh, you have not walked yet and where maybe there was uh, different occult activity or slaughter going on? You're going to deal with that? 
every day practically over in Japan. Uh, we'll be doing that. Uh, Korea, I haven't got into the actual very much. I've done some prayer walking in Jeonju, in uh, Seoul, and in Busan. Oh, I'm trying to think of the other name of the city. Uh, raised up some teams to prayer walk over there. Are you going back into any areas where they have the deadly two-step viper? Uh, I, uh, some of those islands, yes, they do have them yet. Uh, that two-step adder, adder, we told that last time I was on with you, didn't we? Uh, just a little uh, detail on that. What is a two-step adder? It, it's called a habu in Japanese. Uh, when it bites you, it affects your nervous system, and you drop. Wow. And then you stop breathing, and then your heart stops beating. It's one of the ten deadliest serpents on the earth. But we know that the angel of the Lord encamps about the righteous, and uh, God has uh, his hand on you, doesn't he? So you uh, have nothing to fear. If he didn't, I wouldn't go. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Um, Brother Groover, there may be someone tuning in right now from around the world that says, you know, as you're speaking here, Brother Groover, um, I have maybe ancestors uh, who I've uncovered maybe doing genealogy research that maybe were masons or they were in the occult, witches, santeria, you know, any number of things. Um, what does a person need to do for their individual self when there are sins of the ancestors that have been committed, even if they didn't partic- personally partake? Because there's generational curses that go down uh, sometimes a long way. What do you do? Well, first of all, destroy any items that they inherited from them. Okay. Things, jewelry, uh, capes, swords, whatever. Uh, get rid of any of those things, the gowns, the outfits, the shields, whatever, the helmets. Uh, any of those things that they trusted in, uh, their books, their literature, burn it. Uh, and then, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I ask that you forgive me, that you cleanse me and my any iniquitous yoke in me from my forefathers. For your word says you do visit those iniquities to the third and fourth generation. And so I don't want this. I ask that, according to Hebrews, that you would erase the handwriting, the records of ordinances against me from my, my forefathers. And you know one of the greatest... Uh, times uh, in Israel was when they cried out and fasted and prayed and repented of their father's sins. And that was a, a time in the Lord in Israel that's marked there that that didn't, hard to be matched by any other. But ask the Lord to cleanse and, and purge you and your, your mate and your children from this curse and the fetish of these agreements of the, the covenants that were made through your ancestors. And and plainly declare, I want no fellowship whatsoever with these unfruitful works of darkness. I declare the blood of Jesus for their sins. I remit their sins. And I ask the blood, the body, the mind, and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ be over each and every one of us to cleanse us from this wickedness. In Jesus' name. And I declare, I am free. I am free of this in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, and, and rejoice in him. And don't accept it back. Amen. Uh, I have two final questions for you, Brother Groover. Again, our guest tonight, Henry Groover, Joyful Sound Ministries. We'll give out his contact information at the end. Um, Brother Groover, do we need to be concerned with any type dealing with any type of backlash after you have done this these prayer walks and you have 
uh, pulled down the strongholds and remitted the sins and cleansed an area. Um, does the enemy get angry and try to attack? And if so, how, how do we defend ourselves? Excellent, excellent question, brother. You're right on. You're right on. I always tell people when you finish prayer walking, when you finish, here's how I pray. Father in heaven, we have now fulfilled our obedience in this prayer walk. So, Father, now we need your heavenly host to be assigned to us for protection because of the counterattacks of the enemy. For we know this is warfare, and in warfare there can be casualties. In warfare there can be counterattacks when we take areas. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for your heavenly host to be assigned to us individually, our families, our brothers and sisters in Christ, to protect us against any counterattack of the enemy. And now, Father, we commit to you every word, every petition, every prayer, every declaration. We put it into your care and into your hands to watch over it now. And we enter our rest. We, have a, we enter our R&R, our rest and relaxation, trusting now for you to protect us against these counterattacks. In Jesus' name, and we praise you for that. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. We have final question for you, Brother Gruber. Um, you're going back to Japan, and you've been many times. Can you give us an update on what is going on over there with the Fukushima and uh, with the work that you have done over there? Do you believe it's going to be enough to see uh, Japan repent, or uh, are there worse uh, judgments yet to fall on Japan. What's your feeling right now in spirit? I spent six hours with two different senators, diet members of Japan this last trip. Uh, I actually had to call the, the meeting to an end to get over to a church where I was to speak with the last one I spent with over three hours with. I thought for sure I had them fully convinced, do not touch Israel when this vote comes up for the Palestinian state. I thought for sure I had them. I spent uh, three days at the Diet uh, in the capital of Japan last year, October 17th, 18th, and 19th, in and out of offices, speaking to them, praying with them, having lunch with the leaders. Um, I thought for sure I had them persuaded. On the 28th of October last year, they withdrew their vote and would not back the Palestinian state. But this year now, when it came up, that was before the national, the UN Security Council. This year, before the UN, Japan did cast its vote for a, a Palestinian state with its capital in Gaza. They were talked into that, and my heart just fell. Because 48 hours to the minute after they introduced that bill in the United Nations on March the 9th last year, 48 hours later, to the minute, the Sendai earthquake hit. Now, after they voted this year for the Palestinian state, the tunnel caved in. I went through that tunnel just three weeks ago. Drove through that with my rider taking me through into Tokyo to, to walk and pray and teach. And then, the next day, what happened? A 7.0 earthquake hit hit Sendai again, the very city, very area again, that had the devastating earthquake. Only a three-foot tsunami this time hit place versus a 
100-foot tsunami hit on March the 11th last year. So my heart is heavy for Japan. I fear for them if they come against Israel anymore, and they've done it. I'm very concerned about that. You know, that's a key right there. If we raise our heel against Israel and we curse him, we're going to be cursed. We're not going to receive blessings. We're going to get judgment. Do you think America is head on on the fast track for judgment uh, uh, as a result of what we're doing, not supporting Israel? Uh, You know, our, our nation, our ambassador did vote no to a Palestinian state, and Obama did withdraw support. Uh, I heard him say that. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Uh, he did withdraw support, and he did say the Hamas are a terrorist people, so he's withdrawing support until the Palestinians get the Hamas under control. So I, I thank God for that. Now, yes. the same-sex marriage and gay liberation, Right. Uh, we're going to have to answer for that in America. That's right. And we need to keep praying for our president that he will stand with Israel. We've got to keep praying for him that he will not turn on this. So in terms of what people out there can do, what is your um, advice to us? We need to be praying, and uh, can we stand in the gap? Yes, absolutely. Cry out to God as you have never cried out to him for America and uh, for the nations that have voted against Israel cry out that their hearts that they will change and rescind that vote uh, that they will not back Palestine uh, there are good Christians in the Palestinian movement I know but the Hamas I do not believe there are any Christians in the Hamas and uh, if they are they don't they're they're not terrorists anymore but uh, pray for them pray that God will send them dreams you know in the Quran it it very clearly states that if you have a dream about God, a supreme being, that dream is infallible. That dream is 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 infallible in the Quran. So we pray that God will reveal Jesus in dreams, which is happening all over the Middle East, all over the Middle East. So good things are happening there. Very good things are happening in the Middle East. Uh, I just talked to a man in Okinawa last February yes. that uh, worked with the oil. He was an engineer, and he worked with the oil. In, I'm trying to think of which, which part of the Middle East it was, the Arab country. Uh, anyhow, these people came to him there, to the oil area, and asked if they had a book about this man that died on the cross because they've been having dreams about him. Wow. They, they took the mosque and they took down the, the, the splinter of a moon and the, the sword and all that off of it, and they put a cross above it and turned it into a church worshiping this man that died on the cross. And uh, the, the militant Muslims come along, took the, men and the, the women and children, put them in the, in the mosque, and all the men outside lined them up, over a hundred of them, and said, you either renounce this God and call out to Allah, or we will shoot you. And they wouldn't do it. And he ordered them to be fired upon, and they fired on them. And the bullets, this man told me, the bullets literally fell at their feet. And he 
gave the orders fire again, and the bullets fell at their feet again. Over a hundred men that had become Christians from dreams. And the militant Muslims jumped in their vehicle screaming and ran away, drove away. <laughs> Praise had, God. So now they're asking for Bibles, and he, he was taking Bibles to them. So good things are happening with Islam right now, and we just want to believe that God will do it. I led 12 Muslims to the Lord on my way back from Istanbul to New York. <laughs> How do you win a Muslim for Jesus? What do you oh, say? Oh, I, I just told him the story of Jesus and and how in your Quran, I just told him in the Quran, you are taught that Jesus is a great prophet, right? Absolutely. Well, then may I tell you about this great prophet? And I just start telling them they've never heard how he was born, born of a virgin birth. They never heard how he healed and saved people and how he died and rose from the dead, and how he can, he can bring people and forgive their sins by his blood. They never heard that. And I was sharing that, and before I realized it, I had all these young university students on this Turkish Airways. I had them all around me crying, and they accepted Jesus. Twelve of them gave their hearts to Jesus by the time we got into New York. They were going to universities in New York, and uh, I got their names and addresses. We sent them Bibles. Praise the Lord. Man, one <laughs> miracle after the next. <laughs> yeah, so just share Jesus. Just share Jesus with them. Yes, you may get killed for it. You may lose your life for it. You're a martyr. What's? Hey, there's only one way I want to die. I want to die a martyr if that's for Jesus. Only if I can give the testimony. And, 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 and for the testimony of Jesus, I, I don't have any problem with that. If they give, if God gives them back my life, because my life, according to Colossians three verse three, is hidden. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with God in Christ. So if I am dead and my life is hidden with God in Christ, then they cannot take my life. I already gave it away. Romans twelve verse one: My body is a living sacrifice for the Lord. They cannot take my life. Unless God gives it to them for me to take, for them to take, and if He does that, it's my time to go home and be with the Lord. That's okay with me. My work's over, brother. You know that's an encouragement. You know, uh, even as crazy as the times are, um, absolutely. Does that mean we don't have to uh, go down the road with a uh, armed, or people don't need to be in fear for their life? Or if they're working for Jesus Christ, nothing can touch you unless God allows it. Is that right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's encouragement to me. Folks, what a powerful program tonight. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on, Brother Groover. I'm going to have you close in prayer. But before you do, um, is there any special needs that you have tonight that uh, people can help you with? Well, just keep my dear wife in prayer. She's she suffers with congestive heart problem and diabetes and high blood pressure that she's bad. Well, the high blood pressure, I think, is under control now. But it has been a struggle for her, and she's battled it now for three years. She was totally healed three years ago, and then it came back on her. And she was healed for about three or four years, and healthy as could be, flew everywhere with me. But uh, past three years, it's been a struggle for her, and in this struggle, she's just said to me two days ago, I just want to go home and be with the Lord, Henry, and well, I, I have to let go of her if that's the will of the Lord, but... Uh, May we agree in prayer for her tonight as we close out, Brother Groover? Yes. Amen. What is, what is uh, Sister Groover's first name? Is Judith. 
Judith, I'm asking uh, folks Judith. out there. Uh, Judith? Yes, Judith. We're asking folks around the world that may be listening live or on MP3 to agree with us right now. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity tonight to come and have Brother Groover share in your word and exploits that are being done for Jesus Christ and teaching us the authority we have in, as believers in Christ. And we lift up this prayer request now for Sister Judith Groover. Yes, no weapon Lord. formed against her shall prosper. Father God, we just cover her with the blood of Jesus. And we rebuke the spirit of premature death right now, command it to loose her and go in Jesus Christ's name. Any spirits of infirmity that have been attacking her, we rebuke them in the yeah. name of Jesus Christ and command them to loose her and go in the name of Jesus. Father yeah. God, you said that through his stripes we are healed. Yes. And we come in agreement right now and claim the healing power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ for Sister Groover. We ask God you to loose healing virtue to her right now, loose ministering spirits to her right now in oh. Jesus Christ's name. We say to her, be healed in Jesus Christ's name. Yes, Father. Congenital heart disease, go in the name of Jesus Hallelujah. Christ. The Lord Thanks. Jesus Christ heals you. Be healed in the name of Jesus, and we're asking, Father God, that you would restore her health. Give her yes. more time, Lord, to continue the work and to be there and continue to work with Brother Groover. Yes, and we ask Lord. this according to your will, Father God. This is not anything too hard for you to do, and we claim it in the name of Jesus Christ that her health be restored now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for what you're going to do. We ask, Father God, that you would lose favor for Brother Groover as he goes back into Okinawa, yes. Japan, and Korea. We ask that you would give him favor ahead of time. Loose warrior angels to surround him every inch of the way that he has to walk. Oh, We're yes. asking, God, you would give him divine appointments in the name of Jesus. Loose favor in every area of his life and ministry in Jesus Christ's name. And we thank you, Father God, for what you're going to do. Bless his finances. Bless his family. And we ask that you would continue to open up doors that no man can close in Jesus Christ's name. Brother Gruber, would you like to say a prayer uh, over the audience as we close? Yes, indeed. Father in heaven, I just thank you for my dear brother uh, Shannon Davis and Omega Radio, Lord, and uh, this Omega program, Lord Jesus. I want to thank you for that. And I just ask now, Lord, that all that has been said tonight and Every thought that and question in individuals that's been asked and perhaps was answered by what was spoken, Lord, that you seal it in each heart and mind and spirit that the cares of life, distractions, do not come and take it away from them, that it, that, that seed of the truth goes into good ground and that it brings forth an abundance of fruit after its kind. We ask this, Lord, for your glory and for your namesake. We give you all the, all the thanks and praise and honor and glory for what you have done and for everything that was testified and shared about tonight. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for it. And we praise you for it, Father. And we ask it in that name that is above all other names in earth or in heaven, the name of our precious Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, our Yamashua, our Hashiach, our Lord and our Savior, our Messiah, our soon-coming King and Savior. Thank you now, Lord. Bless Shannon Davis and the Davis family, and bless those that have been listening tonight, and let your blessings flow. Let your peace come upon each one, Lord, that if there's any struggle or any trouble or distress, 
Let it vanish from them right now and let peace and a new song come in their heart and bless them, Lord, wherever they are. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Brother Groover, it's been an honor to have you on. We hope to have you on when you get back uh, from your next mission trip. And uh, we want to hear a after-action report. And finally, uh, if someone would like to obtain some of your books and CDs, DVDs, support your ministry, please give out that contact information one more time, please. Yes, it's just JoyfulSoundMinistries.com in the the computer, www.JoyfulSoundMinistries.com. And uh, you can just click in on PayPal for a donation or anything. Any materials that are listed under publications there are, are on a free will offering basis. It's between you and the Lord what you give for them. Uh, and uh, Post Office Box 144, Woodbine, W-O-D-B as in boy, I-N-E, Woodbine, Iowa, 51579, USA, Joyful Sound Ministries, Henry Groover. God bless you, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Groover. We love and appreciate you. Thank you so much. We'll thank see you, you again. Brother Davis. Blessings on you, and we'll talk to you again here, there, or in the air. Amen. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All righty. Thank you now. Good night. Good night. Folks, that was Brother Henry Groover. Uh, if I never do a program again, you know what? I'll, I'll be able to go to heaven and say, Lord, thank you for giving me the, the broadcast that touched my life. This is episode 856. You know, God knew all about it. A few days ago, I called Brother Groover, and um, on short notice, he agreed to come on this program tonight. And uh, this broadcast tonight is packed full of keys to the kingdom, gold nuggets, for you to go back and uh, dissect and meditate on and apply uh, for those that are interested in Taken back the land for Jesus Christ in their lives and in the lives uh, and, and in their areas where they live and in the countrysides and I mean uh, powerful powerful revelation tonight from a man who has been uh, doing this for over fifty years he is the I call him the general of prayer walking and the Lord Jesus Christ Deliverance Army powerful message tonight now I would like to ask a favor of each and every person out there. Uh, check out his website. The website is JoyfulSoundMinistries.com. When you get over there, uh, you're going to find that uh, he'll post articles that uh, are reports from the missions that he's going on around the world. Like uh, He's got a new one up there recently posted for uh, his last Japan trip. And just powerful articles. So make sure you uh, check over there from time to time and uh Read those, and um, also, if you're interested in any of his books, he's written a couple booklets, and he's also got a lot of great audios and some DVD teaching. You can obtain those for a free will and love offering over there on his website. Now, what is the favor I was going to ask of you? I would like everybody to email Brother Groover, and if you enjoyed tonight's program, please let him know that uh, you are blessed, and uh, pray about uh, what the Lord would have you to do. Uh, He is getting ready to go to Korea, Japan, and Okinawa. And I want to let you in on a secret. You may say, man, I would love to go on a trip like that, but I'm just not able to. Um, But I'm sure in support of what he's doing. Consider a small love offering, even if it was a dollar or $5, whatever the Lord put on your heart. Do you know that you get the same reward 
when you support these type of campaigns, as Brother Gruber and his team will, as they're going out there and they're putting their life at risk, of course, God's going to protect them. The story he talks about of the two-step adders, those are real. There's all types of perils out there. But he has a mission to do, and he has learned not to uh, listen to that spirit of fear. He just fears the Lord, and he's going out there to take the enemy on head-on in Jesus Christ's name. And, you know, you get the same reward as he does. What is the reward? Well, the reward is uh, people that are going to come to Jesus Christ as a result, people whose lives will be saved. He mentioned one story where he went in and there was um, a stronghold that had been built okay, by Satan after a number of people were jumping off buildings and committing suicide. He's walked into forests, which are like suicide forests, where people depressed will go out there and they'll kill themselves and the people will find their bodies in the deep forest. Well, anytime there's bloodshed, slaughter, um, you know, horrible, traumatic things like that happening, uh, what happens is the blood is poured out on the ground. It cries out to the Lord. Those areas become cursed. The demons uh, and Satan build a stronghold there. And a lot of those crimes continue to perpetuate until someone listens to that cry and they go over there and they cleanse the land. Well, until someone does that, there are more lives that get uh, slaughtered in these areas, more suicides and things of that nature, more violent and abominable wickedness going on. So when you're able to put a stop to that, that's lives that are saved. And you know, when you support a minister of the gospel like Brother Groover, who's going to go over there and do this very job, a job that many don't want to do, um, you're going to get the same credit as he does. That's a pretty good deal. So I just want to encourage you there. It's not the quantity, it's just the fact that you do something. It could be a dollar. And, you know, that really goes a long way because uh, they, have to, they have to fly, they have uh, travel expenses, and uh, this is made possible through donations of people out there who believe in the work that they're doing. So I just want to uh, encourage you to do that. But my, my big favor is I'd like you to email him and tell him you appreciated him coming on tonight and you'd love to have him back because that's what I want to see, folks. I want to see Brother Groover doing a number of these programs. <laughs> also, Scott Lathrop of Soulbate Ministries. While we're on this email campaign, I want you to write him too, please, and uh, ask Prophet Scott Lathrop to please come back. Let him know that you appreciate uh, the programs that he's done with us. I mean, uh, praise the Lord. These are going to become classics because this is stuff that you'll hear nowhere else. And I praise the Lord that tonight we were able to uh, increase our knowledge of spiritual warfare prayer walking, and how to pull down these strongholds and cleanse the land. Amen? Praise Jesus. Okay, so um, I hope you've enjoyed tonight's program. We've got a lot of good broadcasts coming up uh, this next week. Let me uh, give you the rundown. For the next three weeks, on Monday nights, we're going to have William Lau of the Elijah Challenge on the program, continuing the training on how to heal in Jesus Christ's name. He'll be back for session two on Monday night. You don't want to miss it. Mark your calendar. It'll be 8 p.m. Eastern. Tuesday, we're going to welcome for the first time on Omega Man Radio, Walid Shobat. He was a Palestinian terrorist. He was part of the Muslim Brotherhood and he escaped. 
And now he's on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's in, on God's side. Amen. He's going to be on sharing some testimony on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Wednesday, we're going to have a double-decker show. We're going to have Al Cup at 8 o'clock, followed at 9 by Brother Chuck Pretlow continuing to preach. Uh, he'll be on Wednesday night. Thursday, we're going to have a double-decker show. We're going to have, in the 8 o'clock hour, Brother Victor Mravlag from Fragrant Oil Ministries preaching, and we're going to be taking phone calls, doing deliverance with anybody who needs help. Uh, we'll be taking your phone calls. And then at 11 p.m. Eastern... That'll be 8 p.m. for our friends out in Los Angeles. We're going to welcome back, or welcome for the first time, excuse me, <laughs> Minister Barry McAlpin, all the way from the Gold Coast of Australia. I want to thank my cousin, Christopher Michael Davis, for uh, introducing me to Brother Barry McAlpin. And we're going to have Barry on to teach on um, revelation the Lord gave him about a demonic spirit, which is prevalent right now in the land and is attacking many people. He was given some keys uh, to combat this thing and also able to identify some of the other demonic players that work in this family grouping of this particular spirit and how we can uh, fight back in Jesus Christ's name through deliverance. That's going to be in the late show Thursday night. Friday we're going to have, of course, Brother John Kyle back, doing some mass deliverance, taking your phone calls, preaching a word. So we've got a full week next week. I've got other guests uh, that I'm lining up. Uh, we hope to have Brother Howard Pittman back soon and uh, many others. I've got some other invites that I'm going to extend. And so uh, as we confirm these, we're going to book them. If you'd like to know what's coming up, I want to head and uh, program these into the upcoming show listing. So just go to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. And you can get a, a preview of the upcoming shows. If you miss these live, don't worry. You can download them off of iTunes. Okay, or just go to MegamanRadio.com and you can go. To, uh, there's a little drop-down button. It'll say Show Archives. It'll take you to a page where it'll list you uh, the recent shows. And then you can download them onto your computer, MP3 and Wave, and uh, listen to them at, at your convenience. This is a listener-supported program. If you enjoy the broadcast that we're bringing here on Omega Man Radio in this ministry, then uh, you may support it, number one, in prayer. I need your prayers. I covered your prayers. We uh, come under a lot of uh, demonic attack to bring these broadcasts out. But uh, I want you to be uh, encouraged that uh, I have resolved myself that come hell or high water, we're going to continue. We're going to push through, and we're not going to be thwarted by the enemy. We're going to continue to attack the host of hell using this medium of Internet radio. Now, if you'd like to support us financially, there's a number of projects I'm engaged in, some behind the scenes, and uh, you can do that by giving any amount you'd like over at uh, Mega Man Radio PayPal. And uh, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to everyone that has prayed for this program and those that have financially supported it. We are here because of you, and you have a piece of anything good that comes out of this uh, Internet ministry. I spoke to Richard Keltner today, also Brother John Ramirez. They're excited about uh, an upcoming uh, Strike the Head of the Serpent conference that's going to be held in February in New York City. 
Rich actually is considering calling it Strike the Head of the Serpents this time because what we're looking at doing is maybe having a mega conference. We want to get uh, Prophet Scott Lathrop there to join Brother John Ramirez, Brother Jeff Crew from Zill for Zion Ministries. We're also hoping to get Brother Carl Henderson and Joseph Jasinski. Now, that would be the goal. It's going to take some financial resources to pull it off. If you're interested in uh, being a part of that, you can contact Richard Keltner, care of Watchman Radio, and he'll give you more details on what the need is. Also, um, I have a opportunity that has presented itself. I want to thank the Lord for it. Thank you, Jesus. Have an opportunity to access the archives of some very well-known deliverance pioneers. They have their audios on cassette, and take these and convert them to MP3 and wave and play them on the air. I have a, a machine that will do this. It's called an ion tape deck, and what you do is you throw the cassette in there, and then it uh, runs through some software called Sony SoundForge. And uh, you convert it in real time right into digital from the uh, the, uh, the audio uh, cassette. It's uh, it's uh, one hour for every hour of uh, cassette time, so it's uh, it is a labor, <laughs> and you have to do a little bit of editing, cut out the gaps uh, from the front back side of the tape. But you know what? I'm getting pretty good at this now. I've done many so far, and uh, the challenge is time. What I that's one variable that I cannot control. It's in the Lord's hand. So the goal is to do as many of these as we can as quickly as possible. And uh to do this and accomplish this mission and salvage these while the opportunity has presented itself, we need uh some additional uh equipment to do that. And if you would like to be part of this project uh to help us save some of the deliverance classics and get them on uh digital format so that you can hear them around the world what we need to do that is uh, we need about, uh, I'd say, two more laptops. What I'm going to do is just get a basic laptop. The Ion deck is about 90 bucks, and the software is about 50 So you're looking at about, I guess, you know, going rate for a laptop is about 400 about 550 per system. And that will allow me to, you know, double, quadruple the, the output to get to the point where I can do maybe 25 to 30 uh, tapes a day. And doing that, I think I can really jump to this pretty fast. Uh, I'm getting ready um, to uh, focus on that really hard, so if you'd like to be a part of that, you can give. And if you want to be part of this particular project, just mark in there uh, duplication project. So uh, some have already come forward to help, and we've raised about $250 so far towards the purchase of uh, one of these, I call them a workstation. That, that's the, the laptop plus the tape deck plus the software. So I want to thank those that have given, and uh, we're about ready to bring another machine online. I've got uh, three systems now. I've got an old desktop PC from many years ago I bought, and I've got an old laptop I've had for a couple of years, and then we did get a uh, little laptop uh, about six months ago. So there's about three systems now. I want to get about two more, and then I think I can really um, both of these things pretty fast. There's some pretty cool stuff here, folks. I mean, these are just uh, gold, solid gold. Uh, you go through them in stuff you've never heard before. And this is from the pioneers that uh you know have been there and done that and uh really attacked the host of hell. So we've got a lot to learn and catch up on and this is a fast way to do it. You can listen to a sermon. I'll pay a post up there. They're only about an hour long each and 
you can really glean a lot of stuff that you can use in your attack against a host of hell. So I just want to take a few minutes and just let you know what's going on here. The uh, program is going to continue every day, Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. to midnight. I'm launching the Deliverance Classic Audios. Those have started now to uh, trickle out. Uh, so be sure that you continue to look at the episode list, and uh, I'll be putting uh, Classic Audios up every day. We've got Channel 2 back. That's going to open up the door for uh, late shows, and I may be, if there's interest out there, going back to two shows a night. We do like one, like 8 to 11, and then uh, like 11 to uh, 11, 12, one, maybe 1 or 2. Uh, that's when I work is at night, as you can tell. But uh, you know what? I say, uh, like one guy said, uh, "Don't why burn daylight for nothing? And if you're going to burn daylight, burn it for Jesus. Amen? <laughs> or the midnight oil in this case. Well, praise God, it's exciting. Um, and, you know, Brother uh, Groover uh, is moving forward for Jesus Christ. Uh, Brother Scott Lathrop and Saul Bain moving forward for Christ. And other ministries out there, they're not stopping. They're not going and hiding in a bunker. Worried about, uh, you know, the Mayan calendar ending. Uh, we need to pray for those that are. There's some people that are, you know, really tormented in fear, thinking that the world's going to end next week. And Christians out there that uh, have bought into the lie that, you know what, I guess uh, the world's over. We can't make an impact. No, one man, one woman can make a difference. You heard Brother Groover tonight. One person, in the name of Jesus Christ, can bring down a principality, if necessary. It's amazing. Um we can make a difference, and that is what causes demons to cry, causes Satan to weep if, if he cries, is the thought of Christians waking up and using the authority that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us and fighting back. We must fight back, or we're going to be victimized. Do you want to be bullied? I certainly don't. I'm tired of being bullied. I'm tired of uh, having fear control my life, and it controls many of your lives out there. Some of you are paranoid night and day, like I used to be, worried about the martial law and the end of the world. And, uh, you know, it'll paralyze you. It'll grip you with uh, so much fear that, you know, you're basically not doing anything to attack the enemy. You're running and hiding, and I've been there and done that one, and uh, that's not a way to live. And we're not, uh, we don't have to to live in fear. Uh, we've got a lot of authority. We need to put the enemy on the run for a change. Amen? And how do you do that? By getting in the battle. By working with anything that the Lord puts in your path, whether it be one individual he sends to you to pray for, to help deliver in Jesus Christ's name, to pluck them out of the fire. Amen? If we don't do it, who's going to do it? And uh, some say, well, you, you're, you know, you've got just such a little Internet radio program. Folks, despise not the day of small things. We never know who is tuning into this program. And I'm here to tell you that uh, when you support this program, there are people listening around the globe that will never come forward except maybe uh, on an occasional basis to let you know that they were tuning in and they were impacted. I get some letters like that. got an email from a, a Tasmanian brother who lives in Japan, works works there. We've, we've gotten an email from um, a, a well-known military figure. He used to be a professional sniper for the U.S. Army, and he was listening to a program got delivered of demons. He was manifesting, puking out everywhere, and got set free in Jesus' name. He's a believer now in deliverance. You never know who may be impacted, even listen to an MP3. So uh, you know what? I, I just say, God, you know all about it. You're keeping score. We're just going to keep moving forward, uh, doing what we can do. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. Well, we're going to take that break. We haven't taken a break all night, and maybe your eyeballs are floating by this time. So 
Uh, we're going to give you a, a little bit of respite and uh, take a break, and we're going to be right back. Looking at the clock here, we may be getting ready to run out of time. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Stand by as we go to uh, a break in a song by Italo Marti, the Soul Man. That's coming up next. If you're here for the first time, welcome aboard. I want to say shouts out to a couple names out there in the chat room. I can see Certain of God, Dixie Bandit. We've got DOCDLB. I'm not sure what that means. We've got, we've got Lisa. We've got Miss Briggy all the way from Switzerland. Again, I am Soul Man. We've got Pino the Cat out there. We've got Sister Rita Mimo, Miss Briggy. We've got uh, Brother Gary. Brother Gary, I like your uh, video channel, by the way. Beautiful Mountains. Servant Chris and others out there. Uh, you can find us up on Facebook or Mega Man Radio. And uh, let's go to that break. We'll be right back. It's the 21st century, a dangerous world. Preppers need food and medicine. Why not have the best? Enterfood.com does the shopping, prep, and packaging for you using the best organic ingredients on the planet. Right now, specials are available for listeners of this station. The all-organic vegetarian food storage pail and the herbal medicine cabinet. The pail holds up to 120 flavorful meals, super-packed fresh to last up to 15 years, soaked, cooked, or raw. The herbal medicine cabinet holds everything you'll need to cure common ailments. Use these items in an emergency or... Or use them when camping. You can't beat these prices. Call to order now. 866-762-9238. 866-762-9238. Or go to enerfood.com. That's E-N-E-R-F-O-O-D.com. Enerfood.com. Hey, friends. When you're over at enerfood.com making your purchase, use a special coupon code that is for Omega Man Radio listeners. And it'll give you 10% off your order, whatever you order, at enerfood.com. The coupon code to use is Omega Man. That's O-M-E-G-A-M-A-N. You'll enter it during your checkout process, and that'll give you that instant 10% discount. They've got some great products over there, and uh, we want to thank uh, InterHealth Foods for being a proud sponsor of the Omega Man Radio Network.